there are six basic fears. The fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, the fear of ill health, the fear of loss of love of someone, the fear of old age, and the fear of death. Most people are fortunate if they do not suffer from all six, and every human being suffers at one time or another due to some combination of these. All other fears are of lesser importance, and they can be all traced back to these basic six. Their prevalence, as it occurs to the world, runs in cycles. For years, while any economic depression is on, we the people flounder in the cycle of fear of poverty. During the war, we are in the cycle of fear of death. Just following the war, or during any pandemic, we are in the cycle of fear of ill health, as evidenced by the pandemic and the epidemic of the disease that spreads itself all over the world. Fears are nothing more than states of mind. And one state of mind is a subject to control and direction. Nature has endowed man with absolute control over but one thing, and that is thought. This fact, coupled with the additional fact that everything which man creates begins in the form of a thought, tells us that fear can be mastered. If it is true that all thought has a tendency to clothe itself in its physical equivalent, and this is true beyond any reasonable form for doubt, it is clear that self-analysis will disclose weaknesses which one does not like to acknowledge. And even though this is scary, this form of examination is essential to all who want to understand how their fears manifest in physical reality. Ones who want to fear less and ones that demand to master fear. During this analysis, and as you check yourself point by point, please do remember that you are both the court and the jury, that you are the prosecuting attorney and the attorney for the defense, and that you are the plaintiff and the defendant. It is you on trial by you. So face the facts squarely, ask yourself definite questions, and demand direct replies from yourself. Your goal is freedom, and you will get there being fearless. Fear is a state of mind, nothing else. Still, it is sufficient to destroy one's chances of achievement in any undertaking. This fear paralyzes the faculty of reason, it destroys the faculty of imagination, it kills off self-reliance, it undermines enthusiasm and discourages initiative, leads to uncertainty of purpose, and it encourages procrastination, wipes out enthusiasm and makes self-control an impossibility. It actually takes the charm from one's personality. It destroys the possibility of accurate thinking. It diverts concentration of effort. It turns the willpower into nothingness. It destroys ambition. It clouds the memory. And it invites failure in every conceivable form. Fear kills love. And it assassinates the finer emotions of the heart. It discourages friendship. It leads to sleeplessness, misery, and unhappiness. And all this despite the obvious truth that we live in a world of overabundance of everything the heart could desire, sometimes just a click away, 
with nothing standing between us and our desires, nothing except lack of a definite purpose. The fear of poverty grew out of man's inherent tendency to prey upon his fellow man economically. Nearly all animals lower than man, they're motivated by instinct, but their capacity to think is limited. Therefore, they prey upon one another physically. Man, with a superior sense of intuition and the capacity to think into reason, does not eat his fellow man bodily. He gets more satisfied out of eating him financially. Man is so vicious that every conceivable law has been passed to safeguard him from his fellow man. The fear of poverty grew out of man's inherited tendency to prey upon his fellow man economically. Fear of criticism. Part of man's inherited nature, which prompts him not only to take his fellow man goods and wares, but to justify his action by criticism of his fellow man's character. It is a well-known fact that a thief will criticize the man from whom he steals, that politicians seek office not by displaying their own virtues and qualifications, but by attempting to besmirch the opponents. The fear of criticism takes on many forms, and the majority of which are pity and trivial. Why does the average person, even in this day of enlightenment, shy away from denying his belief in fables, which were the basis of most of the religions, a few decades ago? The answer is because of the fear of criticism. Men and women have been burned at the stake for daring to expose this belief in ghosts. It's no wonder we have inherited a consciousness which makes us fear criticism. Time was, and not so far in the past, where criticism carried severe punishment, and it still does in some countries. Parents often do their children irreparable injury by criticizing them. Criticism is the one form of service of which everyone has too much. It's handed out gratis, whether called for or not. One's nearest relatives often are the worst offenders, and it should be recognized as a crime. And in reality, it is a crime of the worst nature for any parent to build inferiority complexes in the mind of a child through unnecessary criticism. This fear is almost as universal as the fear of poverty, and its effects are just as fatal to personal achievement, mainly because this fear destroys initiative and it discourages the use of imagination. The major symptoms of this fear are self-consciousness, lack of poise, inferiority complex, extravagance, lack of initiative, lack of ambition. Fear of ill health. It may be traced to both physical and social heredity. Man fears ill health because of the terrible pictures which have been planted in his mind of what may happen if death should overtake him. He also fears it because of the economic toll which it may claim. Preying upon this common weakness of the fear of ill health, dispensers of patent medicines have reaped fortunes. Symptoms of this fear, autosuggestion, hypochondria, exercise, susceptibility, self-coddling, intemperance, fear of loss of love. It obviously grew out of man's polygamous habit of stealing his fellow man's mate and his habit of taking liberties with her whenever he could. Jealousy and other similar forms of dementia precox grew out of man's inherited fear of the loss of love of someone.
This fear is the most painful of all six basic fears and it probably plays more havoc with the body and the mind than any of the other basic fears and it often leads to permanent insanity. The symptoms are jealousy, fault-finding, gambling, fear of old age. It grows out of two sources. First, the thought that old age may bring with it poverty. And in the basic fear of old age, man has two very solid reasons for his apprehension. One, growing out of his distrust of his fellow man who may seize whatever worldly goods he may possess, and the other rising from the terrible pictures of the world beyond, which were planted in his mind through social heredity before he came into full possession of his mind. The possibility of ill health, which is more common as people grow older, is also a contributing cause of the common fear of old age. Eroticism also enters into the case of the fear of old age as no man cherishes the thought of diminishing sex attraction. Another contributing cause of this fear is the possibility of loss of freedom and independence as old age may bring with it loss of both physical and economic freedom. Symptoms of the fear of old age, slowing down, inferiority complex, speaking apologetically for oneself, killing off initiative, dressing and acting younger. Fear of death. To some, this is the cruelest of all the basic fears. The reason is obvious. Come into my tent, embrace my faith, accept my dogmas, and I will give you a ticket that will admit you straight away into heaven when you die. Cries a leader of sectarianism. Remain out of my tent, says the same leader, and may the devil take you and burn you throughout eternity. Eternity is a long time. Fire is a terrible thing. The thought of eternal punishment with fire not only causes men to fear death, it often causes them to lose reason and destroys interest in life and it makes happiness almost impossible. In truth, no man knows and no man has ever known what heaven or hell is like, nor does any man know if either place actually exists. This very lack of positive knowledge opens the door of the human mind to the charlatan, so he may enter and control the mind with the stock of various brands of pious fraud and trickery. This fear is actually useless. Death will come, no matter what anyone may think about it. Accept it as a necessity and then pass the thought out of your mind. It must be a necessity or it would not come to everyone. The entire world is made up of only two things, energy and matter. In elementary physics, we do learn that neither matter nor energy, the only two realities known to man, can be created nor destroyed. Both matter and energy can be transformed, but neither can be destroyed. Life is energy, if it's anything. If neither energy nor matter can be destroyed, of course life cannot be destroyed. Life, like other forms of energy being passed through various processes of transition and change, but it cannot be destroyed. Death is merely a transition. If death is not mere change or transition, then nothing comes after death except long, eternal, peaceful sleep. And sleep is nothing to be afraid of. Thus, you may wipe out forever the fear of death. The six basic fears become translated into state of worry through indecision. So make a decision to analyze your fears, to sit with them, to be afraid, but simply fear a little less each time you do your analysis. You do know that fearing less and fearing less and fearing less 
you get to become fearless. Relieve yourself forever of the fear of death by reaching a decision to accept death as an inescapable event. Rip the fear of poverty by reaching a decision to get along with whatever wealth you can accumulate without worry. Put your foot upon the neck of the fear of criticism by reaching a decision not to worry about what other people think, do or say. Eliminate the fear of old age by reaching a decision to accept it, not as a handicap, but as a great blessing which carries with it wisdom, self-control and understanding not known to youth. Acquit yourself of the fear of ill health by the decision to forget symptoms. Master the fear of loss of love by reaching a decision to get along without love, if that is necessary. Kill the habit of worry in all its forms by reaching a general blanket decision that nothing which life has to offer is worth the price of worry. And this decision will bring poise, peace of mind and calmness of thought which will bring happiness. You may control your mind. You have the power to feed it whatever thought impulses you choose. And this privilege comes also with the responsibility of using it constructively. You are the master of your own eternal destiny. Just as surely as you have the power to control your own thoughts, you may influence, direct and eventually control your own environment, making your life what you want it to be. Or you may neglect to exercise this privilege, which is yours, to make your life to order. Thus casting yourself upon the broad sea of circumstance. Do not be afraid to become aware of your susceptibility to negative influence. Eliminate it and be fearless and free.